Welcome to another B-Movie interview. Tonight we have with us writer, director, and producer, and founder of Dungeon Films, Nick Charles. Nick, thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So we just want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, we recently watched B Documentary, where you interviewed a lot of big name people in the B movie community: uh, Lloyd Kaufman, Herschel Gordon Lewis. I really enjoyed the documentary. I thought you asked a lot of great questions. What was your initial goal when you started the project? Uh, well, the initial goal was uh, I've known Lloyd Kaufman for a while. I mean, I don't know him personally, personally, but I mean, we we always contact each other through Twitter or I've been to his master class, but, uh, recently a couple of years ago with his new film return to Newcomb high volume one, I helped him get that played into Boston. And, um, so basically speaking with his assistant a lot, I kind of threw out the idea like, well, maybe I can sit and interview him and hopefully, you know, he'd be on board with it. And, um, you know, he was, and, Basically, I, I've always wanted to make a movie. It's it's taken a long time for me, and it just finally happened. But uh, he was down. We did an interview, and then I just started making phone calls and see who I can grab just to pick their brains on how to make a movie. What difficulties did you have in getting the interviews for your documentary? Uh, there, there was a few. Um, scheduling was a was a big thing um every they're they're all so busy i mean if you see lloyd coffin he's always going to conventions yeah so scheduling and traveling was was probably the biggest biggest problem how long did it take you to put the entire project together i'd say a little bit over a year did you learn anything unexpectedly through making the b documentary uh, well, no, I mean, what I've learned is uh, just going through, like, independent filmmakers and actors, actresses, um, you know, they're always willing to help. I mean, everybody that I interviewed or anybody that's been a part of a uh, B-documentary, um, it was always just, how can I help you? How can I do this? And uh, everybody in that movie was just awesome. You know, there was... They were all willing to help. And, and I've noticed that while traveling, going to cons or even other events, that, you know, I'm not here to make money. That's not what it's about. In fact, they tell you that in film school. If you're here to make money, you know, you're in the wrong school. You know, get out. This isn't your job. Um, but, yeah, just just with that, meeting everyone, you know, they, they were just all willing to help out. And just about everyone I've met who makes, like, low-budget movies has always been real polite, always really helpful. They always try to give advice to people. So, yeah, that's, that's nice, to, nice to hear. As a filmmaker yourself, what do you think is, like, the best advice that was given in the documentary? Um, the best advice? Um, even though, like, uh, with Lloyd joking around how, you know, he's all... His business is at its wit's end, which I, I don't think it is, but... His advice was, you know, if you're going to go for the, the money, the glory, you know, go to California. If you want to make a movie and just do your art, you know, write your write your script and have nobody touch it and do it all yourself. And that's kind of the, the route I went. Um, I mean, it took a year and a half to make this movie, but and I kind of took that advice. Um, I, I didn't really want to go and try to get companies and you know, to try to distribute my movie, I felt like maybe, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And that's how I started Dungeon Films. I thought that was the best advice that I got. I mean, I get great advice from everybody. Herschel Gordon Lewis was a great guy. I, I sat with him for at least like a half hour before we started filming, and he was giving me advice. And it was pretty cool. 
Sounds like it. I really liked how um, when he interviewed Lloyd Kaufman, he was he said flat out, if you're going to make a movie, you have to have a meaning behind it. It's not a one big fraternity party. You have to actually mean what you're doing. And I, I, it was interesting hearing Lloyd Kaufman say that because when you picture him, he's this goofy guy, but he, he can be serious when he needs to. And that was really nice to say. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, that's funny you say that because... He, he's just, I mean, he'll he'll be this real, like, you go to conventions, he's a real super, like, hyper guy, like, hey, but once it comes time to filmmaking, I mean, he's, like, totally serious. In fact, when we got there, I was nervous before we filmed, because he, he was, like, all serious mode. He was in, no joking around, but, you know, he didn't treat me anything any way different. He just treated me like, all right, whenever you're ready, let's do this. Uh, after making B Documentary, which do you believe is the better format, digital or film? Um, that's, you know, I mean, I would say digital for, I mean, I've been trying to make a movie for years now. I graduated high school in 99. I took, I went to college for a little bit, failed miserably, but only because at that time it was just, it was video production for TV series, you know, so I wasn't learning much from that. Going through it, I would have loved to done, I would have loved to do something with film, but it's pretty much completely gone you know you could still do it but digital it seems it's easier better and you know you can get it anywhere and like even lloyd says or anybody will say you, you can shoot a movie on an iphone nowadays yeah i liked in the documentary yeah. digital was the unanimous answer from everybody you could tell that none of them had like a huge ego about it they're like this works better Lloyd Kaufman kind of pointed out Quentin Tarantino, how he's kind of an elitist with it, but you can tell none of, none of the people in it, they're just like, yeah, digital works better, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I know, he really spoke up. When he was saying that, as we're filming, and I looked at my brother, and uh, yeah, Derek, he, he was a big part of the documentary. He, uh, anyway, anytime we scored an interview, I dragged him everywhere, whether it was Florida, New York, New Jersey, wherever, but but yeah, we were sitting there when he was saying that, and I'm like, oh my God, can we put this in the movie, and you know, after doing a little research, we we could keep that in there, um, but but yeah, film it's coming back. It, it is coming back a little bit. I, I wouldn't work that with music because, like you said, and even Herschel says it in uh, B documentary. You know, you're you're filming, and if somebody screws up, and you're halfway through that reel, you have to go back through that and cut it all up, and uh, that's just a pain in the ass. I mean, you, you, if you got digital. You can easily just go back to that scene, delete that out, and cut it back to where he left off without, because you, know, you got to send that footage out to get it, you know, to get it processed. So yeah, digital di- digital's the way nowadays. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, Dungeon Films, like what kind of movies you uh, prefer to make? Is there any particular kind of rules you adhere to? Yeah, well, uh, with Dungeon Films, like right now, I mean, we're like fresh. I mean, we're just uh, I, we just started it. So when when I made B documentary, it took a while to make. So I, I just kind of was like, you know what? I keep hearing these horror stories of going to these other companies, distributors, and a lot of indie filmmakers, you know, kind of getting screwed over. So I decided to get you know business license and a certificate from my hometown, and just you know whatever I make, I'm going to distribute. Uh, eventually, I would like to distribute other indie filmmakers that are trying to get their movies out. And I notice a lot of people doing the Kickstarter or GoFundMe, whatever, whatever it is. But um, I've, I've thought about it. But you know, I, I would like to use my own money 
or even if people offer to throw some money in every now and then, that's fine. But my my movies will be low budget no matter what, ultra low budget. But it, I, for people putting in money just to make my movie, I, I kind of feel bad about that. You know, if you want to see my movie, they should be paying to see it instead of helping to make it. That's just my opinion. But, you know, with other, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are young right now out of college, and they, they, they probably do need to go to a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever funds they got out there. And, you know, they, they, they do need to use that. How did you first become interested in low-budget films? Well, uh, that's a good one. So, basically, I'm a huge, huge Bela Lugosi fan. I got, like, at least almost 100 of his films, whether it's VHS up to, you know, up to DVDs. Um, so I followed him for years, and obviously after Dracula and all that, he went downhill from drug use, and he started doing low-budget movies, and then eventually was introduced to, you know, Ed Wood, Edward D. Wood Jr. And from there, I was just, like, I was fascinated by it. You look at their movies, and you're like, holy Wow, you know they they can make a movie. He, they can you watch Play Night from Out of Space. They're knocking gravestones over, but yet it's still in the movie. And they probably made it for fifty thousand dollars. And and I would say like with Lugosi and Edward, my one of my favorites is Bride of the Monster. I think that's like an unsung horror movie that that people should see more. I mean, Plan Nine was great too. That that was the that was Edward's. You know, that was his film. But I, I really like Bride of the Monster, and that was really low budget. And that's what pretty much started my, you know, my love for independent low budget movies. And that's how I ended up, you know, getting a hold of Lloyd Coffin eventually. Which movie would you say had the most influence on you as a person and as a filmmaker? Oh, as a filmmaker, yeah, a big influence. Um, that's a good question. I would say... Um, I would say Blood Feast from uh, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. I mean, that one, that that was, uh, the, that's a great low-budget movie, but and it's like the first splatter movie of all time. I'm not sure what the budget is on that one, but, I mean, it, it was just a classic. And nobody really heard about it until years later. Like, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, I mean, with what he put into his movies, you know, he did a great job, and it's all produced by him, directed, whatever, you know? And that's that's what kind of got me going. That must have been a really cool interview getting to talk to him. He seemed like he was a really neat guy. Yeah, he is. Um, honestly, when I first met him, uh, I was really nervous. Because, I mean, I've met Lud Kaufman before. But going to see him, we, we flew down to Florida. And it, we were there for less than 24 hours. It was just go to Fort Lauderdale. We went to his home. We shot. And then we literally got on a plane and left right, right after that. But, I mean, just sitting there and talking, we, we talked to him for for at least a good half hour before we started filming. And as we're sitting there talking, I was like, shit, you know, man, I should probably have the camera rolling right now. But we didn't. We, me and my brother were just sitting there listening to him. He's got that voice that kind of hypnotizes you. You know, he's got like that radio voice where once he talks, you just sit there and listen. He's a great guy. He's really smart. He seems very worldly and kind of like a grandfather type guy where you just want to listen and hear what he has to say. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yep. Godfather Igor. Grandfather Igor, whatever. He's the man, though. What do you think constitutes as a great film? Like, what films would you, con be, would you consider truly great? Um, the ones I consider truly great are, for, 
like I see a lot of the movies nowadays, it's always a remake or a remake of a remake. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like big budget movies. I'll, I'll go out and watch a movie that's a gigantic budget. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm into the the low budget indie films because they're they're more natural. They're it's it's new. It's fresh. Yeah, the big budget movies nowadays. I, it's almost it's. They're all the same. I mean, low budget. It's it's like right away when you first start watching a low budget movie. It's it's, a, it's an original idea, and you don't have these big studios cutting it up to tell you what needs to be done for it to be released. And that's another big reason why I wanted to do Dungeon Films because nobody's going to touch my movie. You know, I'll I'll, I'll 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 show people my movie and be like, all right, is this okay? Is this okay? What do you think about this? But. If I do an hour and twenty minute long movie, no one's gonna, no one's gonna cut it up but me. That's the thing with the big with the big studios, and they just they they take over, and they can they can pretty much ruin your movie if if they take a, a, a few scenes out that you really wanted in there. It's like uh, <clears throat> Rob Zombie's Thirty One movie that's gonna come out. It took I don't know how many months until. Uh, I forget what the call what the business name is, but they needed an R rating, and every time they cut a bunch of scenes out, it was still NC-17 until they finally got an R rating so they could show it in the theaters. And it's like, well, now that's not really Rob Zombie's movie. Now it's just a cut-up. I mean, the shit that was taken out of it is probably going to be really good. We won't know until it's released on DVD, and they'll add in the unrated version, you know? I mean, people jump in and be like, no, we don't want that, we don't want this, take that out. And you get other people jumping in, it's like, chill out. I mean, you're going to make money, especially if you're a Rob Zombie, you're going to make money. You know, there's no, there's no, it doesn't matter. He's got a name already. Now, with, uh, with B Documentary being done and distributed already, what, what else do you have on your slate? What's your next project coming up? Uh, right now, um, I'm writing like a little, it's it's uh it's gonna be a web series. Um, pretty much, me and my brother, we're gonna go in on it. Uh, right now, we've got one episode that we're writing about. It's called uh, Charles Brothers Path to Destruction, and it's just gonna be released on YouTube for right now. Uh, we're gonna try to do six episodes, and uh, basically after that, we got. I'm I'm still writing. We're, I, I'm, I'm juggling two here, but it's gonna be a dark comedy. And I'm trying to get everybody in the cast from B Documentary in on it as well. Sounds awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Um. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the Charles Brothers one, uh, we're going to, it's the first one, the first episode is going to be called Tannerite. If you don't know what Tannerite is, it's highly explosive powder. And we're just going to, it's just, we're just going to cause destruction. <laughs> Sounds like our kind of, our kind of thing. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. There's going to be guns and bombs that's all i can tell you and it's all it's all legal too just to warn you whoever else is listening out there <laughs> <laughs> just a disclaimer it's all legal don't worry guys it's so. legal i promise where do you see the future of independent films going do you think it's all it's going to expand or do you think it's going to kind of be crushed by like big film corporations well yeah you know i mean i i, I asked that in my movie and i i get a few different answers but I don't. I think independent will be around forever. If anything, I mean, there's always going to be these big corporations, big distributors that are going to try to 
you know, they, they're going to take over the movie theaters. That's, that's what it's about. But for the independent filmmakers, like going to like the horror realm or any kind of convention, just getting your idea out there and, and just do it that way. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, I, I go to conventions and I might, I, I'll sell some DVDs, but I don't make any money, but I'm getting my name out there. You know, I'm, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm just doing it because I, I love filmmaking, and I'm going to keep doing it. You see, like, big names that are doing independent films now. Like, it was cool, because uh, at the horror realm, Tiffany Shepard was my, the next table over for me. And she's kind of got her own independent film thing going on, but she's also doing bigger budget films as well, but not to the point where it's going to tarnish her, you know, her screen queen type of uh, look that she's going for. What is your opinion on hairless cats? Hairless cats are the freakiest motherfuckers I've ever seen. Yes, that's exactly what I said. I, I Corey's like got this weird obsession <laughs> they, with they're them. They're adorable. They look like little moving abortions. It's disgusting. I hate them. They're like evil incarnate, <laughs> but they just want to cuddle you. They, I don't know what they want. I just want them away from me. Like nasty. Hey, you know, if, if if I was able to adopt a hairless cat and it was like the last thing, like all right, if I didn't adopt this cat and it was going to die, I would take it. Oh, definitely. I like, love cats. Don't get me wrong. I love. I have a cat right now, and I love my cat. Yeah. Like I love animals. I've never mistreated an animal, and if if it happened to come into my oh, care, yeah. I take Dogs, care of it. Dogs, cats, but, I love them all. Yeah, but, but just look at it. It is freaky. You have to admit that. It's an abomination against nature. Where can we uh, learn more about your future projects? Officialdungeonfilms.com. That's uh, that's where we post more, like of where my events, where I go to, or if I'm going to be filming something, we'll post it there. Uh, we're, I'm going to be updating that this week, actually, because uh, it, it's it's time. We've I've just been so busy. We haven't done anything with it. But yeah, officialdungeonfilms.com. Uh, eventually, we're going to have a YouTube, you know, our own channel, and that's where we'll be pretty much putting our uh, Charles Brothers Path of Destruction on there as well. What's what's your YouTube channel going to be called? Uh, that is going to be called Dungeon Films. Uh, Facebook, yeah, go to, uh, it, just search Dungeon Films. It'll pop right up. Go right there. I, I post every minute, anytime there's news on Dungeon Films on Facebook. Or even Nick Charles. Just look me up, send me a friend request, or if anybody wants to ask me any questions, I'm, I'm always down for that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, it was great talking to you. All right, great talking to you guys, too. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, I will be there next year, too, so you know maybe we can meet up, get a drink or something. Definitely. Thank you very much. Thanks for being with us. Um, again, this is Nick Charles, and uh, I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. Have a wonderful night.